Good morning to you and welcome to our service here at Metropolitan Baptist Church and a merry, merry Christmas to all. Thank you for joining us on this Christmas day. And for those that are visiting for the first time, a special welcome to you. Thank you for joining us as we celebrate and rejoice in the provision of a saviour, Jesus Christ. This is what Christmas is all about and thank you for being with us on this Christmas day. I'd like to invite you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. I trust you have a, a copy of the Bible. If you don't and you'd like one, just raise your hand discreetly and one of the ushers will be on the lookout and they will provide a Bible for you. One down the front here, yes, and in the back corner. I'd love for you to follow along. Hebrews uh, chapter 2. The book of Hebrews is an interesting book. The book was written to instruct and encourage uh, Jewish Christians. Why? Because many of these believers were struggling, struggling to let go of their Judaism and all of its laws and rituals. So the book of Hebrews is written to uh, Hebrew uh, Jewish Christians to spell out simply but profoundly that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all of these laws and rituals and the promises of the Old Testament scriptures. So therefore he is superior and worthy of our full devotion. Note here in Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 9 please. It reads, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honour, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Let's bow for prayer. O oh God, we bless you and we are grateful for this opportunity to be in church on this Christmas day we pray, O oh God, that you would now fill us with your Holy Spirit. Please teach us. Please reveal to us. Help us to see the Lord Jesus in all his glory and honour this morning. And I pray for those in our midst that have yet to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. May this be the day of their salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask and pray. Amen. As I've stressed, the purpose of this book is to show these Christians, these Jewish Christians, that what they have in Jesus Christ, that is a personal relationship, eternal life, is far superior compared to what they had 
in Judaism. See, God promised a saviour to the world through the lineage of Abraham. And this is why the Lord Jesus said to a woman of Samaria in John chapter 4 that salvation is of the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. Jesus Christ was promised as the Messiah and he will come through the lineage of the Jewish people. So Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the rituals and the laws and the types and the many, many prophecies within the pages of the Old Testament. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all the above. That's why he is superior. And that's why this book was written to encourage these believers that uh, what you have in Christ is the fulfillment of what was promised to you in the pages of the Old Testament. And it's important that you and I see the Lord Jesus clearly and accurately within the context of Christmas. This is Christmas Day, and I'm thankful I'm part of a Western world that acknowledges this day of remembrance and celebration concerning the birth of a Saviour, Jesus Christ. And it's important that we see Jesus Christ within that context. And here in Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 9, the verse begins with, but we see Jesus. Let's take a moment and let's look at the Lord Jesus from the context and the setting of what Christmas is all about and the purpose of his coming. Verse 9 goes on to read, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. Was made a little lower than the angels. Now this is not in reference to his origin or in reference to his person but it is in reference to rank position for a season. Now note there in that little verse there the word little who was made a little lower than the angels. Literally means was made for a season, little, a season, a little lower than the angels for a purpose. See, Jesus Christ is not inferior to angels. Jesus Christ is not an angel. Jesus Christ is not inferior to angelic beings. But yet the Bible teaches us that he was made, he took the rank, he took the position for a season, for a little time, and was willing to be of lower rank than the angelic beings. See, angels are part of God's creation. They were created by Jesus Christ. Note there in Hebrews chapter 1, please, look at verse number 2. It reads, 
hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. That's in reference to Jesus Christ. Whom he hath appointed heir of how many things? All things. By whom also he, the he, the Son, Jesus Christ, he made the worlds. So Jesus Christ is not a created angel. In fact, he was instrumental in creating angelic beings. Now, angels are messengers. They are servants of God. That's what the word angel means, a, a messenger, a minister. And we see them fulfilling their role throughout the scriptures, even within the Christmas story. Note there in Luke, please, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Please, Luke chapter 2, note there in verses 8 to 11. We see angels ministering. Note here, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So here we have angelic beings being used of God to proclaim a message of hope. And, uh, and the Lord Jesus, for a season, was made a little lower than angelic beings. Angels serve their creator God from the heavenly throne. And that little phrase there in verse 9, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 2, lower than the angels, is in reference to Jesus Christ setting aside his position for a season in heaven and taking on humanity. While angelic beings continue to minister and serve around the throne of God, Jesus Christ, for a season, set aside his robes of royalty, so to speak, for a season in order to take on humanity. In fact, in John 1.14, the Bible talks about God becoming flesh. God manifested in the flesh. This is why uh, he was virgin born. God robed in humanity yet remained fully God. This is what this little phrase is referring to here, who was made a little lower than the angels for a season, but we see Jesus. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, please. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Verses 6 and 7. 
make reference to this becoming flesh, entering into the world in humanity. Verse 6 and 7 reads, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, being one with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. See, Jesus Christ was willing to set aside his royal robes, not his divinity, still remain 100% God, became 100% man, but yet remained and still is, was, 100% God. For a season, he was prepared to be made, to take the position of, in rank, in humanity, in flesh, with purpose. Jesus Christ was willing to set aside his royal robes, not his divinity, as I've said, and take on the attire of a man, of a servant, of a slave. Why? I'm glad you've asked. Go back to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. Who was made a little lower than the angels, note this next little phrase, for the suffering of death. For the suffering of death. To die suffering. For the suffering of death. Jesus Christ was born to die. His death was not a quick, painless death. It was to be a death full of suffering. In fact, in 1 Peter 3.18, it reads, For Christ also have once suffered, suffered for sins. The just, he being the just one for the unjust, that he might bring us, you and I, to God, how? Being put to death in the flesh. How is that possible? Because he was willing to be made a little lower than the angels. He was willing to take on flesh, humanity, to what end that he might die, not painlessly, but he would die a cruel, nasty death, the death of crucifixion, being put to death in the flesh, the Bible teaches us, but quickened, raised from the dead in the power of the Spirit of God. So Jesus Christ was prepared to take on humanity to be made a little lower for a season lower in rank than angelic beings to take on humanity that he might die. He endured the cross, the Bible teaches us. And therefore, if we go back to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, therefore he is crowned, revered, 
honored, crowned with glory and honor. With glory and honor. See, because Jesus Christ was willing to suffer for our sins. Jesus Christ was willing to die a horrible death. To be crucified a slow, painful, humiliating way to die. Publicly displayed, slow, painful, painful physically, painful emotionally. Jesus Christ was willing to die. He was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, for the purpose, for the purpose of dying. And therefore he is rightfully crowned with glory and honor. Because Jesus Christ was willing to suffer for our sins, he is exalted to the right hand of God the Father. And we see this in Philippians chapter 2, please. Go back to Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. In fact, let's read verse 8 as well. We read down to verse 7. Let's read from 8 to 11. And note, and being found in fashion as a man... In humanity, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And note how he's crowned with glory and honor here. Wherefore God, that is God the Father, hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ was made a little for a season Lower than angelic beings, he took on humanity to suffer and die for your sins, for my sins. And therefore he is crowned with glory and honor. He is worthy. God hath highly exalted him that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. But we see Jesus. And if you go back there to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, the verse goes on to read, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Therefore, crowned with glory and honor, revered, esteemed highly. And then the verse goes on to read there, note this, that he 
by the grace of God. He, by the grace of God. This little phrase here is in reference to qualification. In other words, Jesus Christ qualifies to taste death for every man. That's what it's literally saying. He, by the grace of God, the enabling, the ability, because of his divinity, God in flesh, he qualifies alone to suffer for our sins. Why? Why, you ask? Because he is without sin. Note there in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 15, it reads, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, and note this next little phrase, yet without sin. Yet without sin. See, Jesus Christ alone qualifies to taste death for all of humanity because Jesus Christ alone is sinless, perfectly sinless, and therefore he qualified alone to die for the sins of humanity. If you go to Hebrews chapter 9, please. Go to chapter 9 of Hebrews. Are you still with me this morning? Look at verse 27. Go to verse 27. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. The Bible reads, And as it is appointed, you and I have an appointment, and as it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. So Christ have once offered, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. See, Jesus Christ qualifies to be your sin bearer. He qualifies to be my sin bearer because Jesus Christ is without sin. He that was without sin became sin, took your sin, took my sin upon himself that we through him can be made, declared right with God. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. Why? For the suffering of death. Therefore he is crowned, revered, with glory and honor. That he, by the grace of God, he qualifies. And at the end of verse 9, read with me. Please, it will follow along as I read. He, by the grace of God, Hebrews 2.9, should 
taste death for every man. Taste, experience, death for every man. Jesus Christ, eternal God, perfectly sinless, qualified alone to die for the sins of the world. Jesus Christ took our sentence of death, suffered and paid in full for the sins of the whole world. Beloved, this is what Christmas is really all about. We must move beyond the manger scene. The manger scene is lovely. The manger scene is beautiful. The manger scene is heartwarming. But we must move beyond the manger scene and be mindful of the fact that Jesus Christ, he, by the grace of God, tasted death for every man. In 1 John 2, 2, the Bible reads, he is the propitiation for our sins. He satisfies the demands of a holy God. That's what it literally means. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, 1 John 4.10, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. But God commendeth his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ, Christ died for us. That's Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's Christmas. He tasted death for all men, for every man. I love that wording. that he should taste death for every man. That includes me. That includes you. But God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For the wages of sin is death. But Jesus Christ tasted death he took upon himself the sin of humanity and he was willing to take the judgment of God upon himself. That's why Jesus Christ cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And at that very moment, Jesus Christ felt the, the turning of, of God the Father of God the Son, as he bore the sins of humanity upon himself. And he cried out, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God is holy, beloved. And as Jesus Christ bore the sins of humanity upon himself, God the Father turned his back on God the Son. And Jesus Christ is willing to bear our sins and to suffer accordingly in order to provide redemption for you and I. See, this is the gospel message. 
The word gospel means good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again according to the scriptures. That's the good news. Jesus Christ suffered a painful death in order to provide forgiveness for all. For all that will open their hearts and receive him as their personal saviour. My friend, Jesus Christ was willing to be deranked, depromoted, below angels for a season, for a purpose. He was willing to take the form of a man and in obedience to God the Father, he was willing to taste, experience, death for all men. That includes us all. Jesus Christ suffered for our sin. He literally took upon himself our sin, the sentence of death and hell, and offers deliverance from sin, death, and hell. My friend, this is what Christmas is all about. And as I've said, we need to move beyond the manger scene and see Jesus Christ correctly. And here in this beautiful verse, here in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. My friend, as we exchange gifts this Christmas, may it be a reminder of God's gift of eternal life for all. My question to you is, have you received God's gift of eternal life? I urge you to receive God's gift of eternal life today. The gift has been paid for in blood, in the blood of Jesus Christ. A high price was paid to provide this gift. Let me ask you, how would you feel if you were offered a costly gift? If somebody offered you a costly gift, simply because they love you. Envision yourself offering a costly gift to someone you love. And to have that individual say, no, thank you.
No, thank you. Not interested. Oh, think about it. Wouldn't you and I be puzzled? Mystified? Maybe, if the truth be known, a little bit angry? And wanting to say, hey, this cost me. This cost me more than you can imagine. And I purchased this gift for you because I love you. That must be how God must feel when that gift of eternal life is made available to individuals and yet many respond with excuses like, I'm not interested. You're not interested in an expression of love. You're not interested in what you need. You're not interested in what has cost you nothing, but has cost me everything. My friend, this morning on this Christmas morning. Don't break God's heart. Don't break God's heart. He offers you a gift. That gift is eternal life. I urge you, receive it. Because you need it, you couldn't possibly afford it. And it's the proof that God loves you. Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. Have you received God's gift of eternal life? If you've yet to receive it, I'd like to encourage you this morning to open up your heart and invite Jesus Christ to be your saviour from sin.